exactly. You know, the, one of the distinctives about being a disciple is we have to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. And that means that that's all about surrender. And apprehended only works with God if you submit to it and you you let go of your life. And uh, He really will do extraordinary things with you if you'll work with Him. Jesslyn, and you're listening to Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. Today, we're talking to Britt Hancock, who's the author of Apprehended, who talks about the ravishing love of God as he pursues you. Without further ado, here's Britt. Hello, everybody. All right, so Britt, you are the author of the new book, Apprehended. First things first, where did you come up with the title Apprehended? Well, that really is kind of, uh, I think, a distinctive way to um, uh, describe what I feel about when I was a little boy and I had an encounter with Jesus and mm-hmm. he just really kind of took over my life and really our whole family. So um, my brother had a pretty uh, amazing encounter with Jesus in the early 70s. And um, if you know the movie, um, I can't think of the name of it now. It's the one about um, uh, the revival that broke out in Birmingham. The Woodlawn movie? Yeah, if you know the movie Woodlawn, um, that, see perks of me being from Birmingham right here. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you know that revival. What happened at Woodlawn High School actually happened at about five high schools simultaneously mm. in in Birmingham, and it kind of broke out through some individuals. As God, you know, that's what He does. He works through people. Absolutely. And so. My brother had an encounter with Jesus in the car, and we were Methodists at the time, and didn't know what in the world any of this supernatural kind of thing was, and it it turned his life upside down, and he shared that one night after football practice with with his teammates, and the Holy Spirit fell and knocked everybody out, and and, uh, it it spread into Irwin High School and Mm Upton High School and Banks and and uh, our house where I grew up, because I'm nine years younger than my oldest brother, and and um, our house ended up being a focal point for a lot of things. So a lot of those uh, people from Woodlawn and all those high schools, they ended up at our house on the weekends, and that had a tremendous impact on me because mm-hmm. I was in the fourth, you know, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade when all that was happening, and so. Uh, it was um, it was really an apprehension of our family, and that's just the best word that we could think of to, um, you know, to sort of uh, describe Jesus taking your life over and you valuing that mm-hmm. enough to follow him where he wants to take you. I love it. I love that it's like such a strong verb. It's not like, oh, I guess I'm going to follow Jesus. It's like, no, he has totally kidnapped my heart and I, he's not going to let go and I'm not going to let go either. Yep, exactly. You know, the, one of the distinctives about being a disciple is we have to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. Absolutely. And that means that that's all about surrender and apprehended only works 
with God if you submit to it and you you let go of your life. And uh, he really will do extraordinary things with you if you'll work with him. I absolutely agree. A lot of the stories in the book are your personal stories from the mission field. How do you feel like storytelling plays a role in like you sharing the gospel? Um, really, I think that uh, it's the best means to convey to people what God intends to convey. That's mm. what Jesus did. He told stories. Um, he he spoke parables and and. It also helps people, I think, relate to you in their real life. And so if the Lord helps you kind of execute and hit the right targets uh, when you're using examples from your life and others that are close to you, um, you know, that says to people, this is this is not theory. This is a, a practical thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it says in Revelation 12:11 that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving our lives not so much as to shrink from death. And so uh, our testimony is uh, our story. You know, sermons they teach, um, really stories convey a message and wrap it in a context that people really can eat. Mm -hmm. And the other thing about stories is they tell people like, where we are right now and where we are in our faith journey. And I know a lot of times, like I personally, I'm, I've been going through a sickness recently, and I'm like, where is God while I'm so sick? And how do you feel like Apprehended kind of explains what's happening when miracles don't come to pass? Yeah, you know, we really have seen extraordinary miracles. Every every class is miracle in the Bible. We've, we've watched God do, seen him raise the dead and do altering miracles and heal cancer and blindness, mm. and I myself have been healed of blindness, and just do, Amen. you know, food, food multiplication, and just all kinds of amazing things. Um, but we've also, uh, in the middle of that, had intense struggles. My my youngest sister, she's six years older than than I am, she, uh, she lost a 12-year battle with cancer, mm. and we ended up doing a funeral, and we... we we and I write about that in the book, but we we started off, you know, in that um, uh, in that problem, mm-hmm. really full of confidence that God was going to respond, and He did respond. He just responded in a way that we didn't we that's we didn't get the outcome outcome that we wanted. Mm-hmm. But I'm satisfied that eternity got the outcome that eternity wanted, you know, and Amen. so. Um, the the distance between expectation and reality or perception and reality, the things that we want, the things that we believe, and then when we encounter something that seems incongruent with that, um, those things have to be sorted through. And that right there is character's opportunity to be developed in a way that's truly pleasing to God. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, that whole idea of, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Um, it, the, the idea of, you know, it really doesn't matter what happens to me, because the mandate is to focus on heaven. Absolutely. And not so much on this earth. And the Lord knows where we're at. He knows what we want. He knows that, you know, when we have a loved one that's sick, or, or when you're overcome with compassion for something or somebody uh, you want the Lord to intervene and change those circumstances, and you want 
a new reality. Mm-hmm. And so often he does because of his mercy. But by the same token, oftentimes he doesn't. And our reaction and our attitude about that whole equation is what is the determining thing between whether we spiral down into sort of a jaded attitude where we end up bitter and mad at God because nothing seems to go right and and it, it always seems to be wrapped around the thing that we want. We want to get the circumstances to change about the things that we are we are more emotionally attached to and that have more value to us personally. Mm-hmm. And when that doesn't happen, you know, if a loved one dies or a son or a daughter dies or a sibling dies or a spouse dies or something happens, they become disabled or, or whatever. Um, that's our real opportunity of whether we're going to get bitter or we get better. And we let mm-hmm. God work inside of us in that context. And if we work with the Lord through the, through the morning and the pain and the hurt and the, the struggle, that's what really develops our character. And mm-hmm. that's what rounds us out as truly mature, strong, and undaunted believers. I think that's something that a lot of Christians, personally from what I've seen, they have a hard time accepting is the expectation versus the reality and how do you become a mature believer as you're dealing with, you know, so much brokenness in your life. Um, What have you experienced with God meeting you and your personal brokenness? You know, I've I've never had a sense, uh, even though I may not have been able to sort of distinguish his presence emotionally or uh, from a discernment standpoint, but he's just proved himself to me so many times over and over through so many um, lonely, dark uh, nights and isolated days on the mission field doing pioneer church planting work and things like that, that I reached, and before I went to the mission field, we had we were in the ministry for about six or seven years full time before that and and in that time we reached a real knowing uh, that God is he is good mm-hmm. the definition of all of his actions are good he can't do anything that's not good and um our confidence and trust in him that he's lord that he's in control of not, he's not controlling all the circumstances, Mm -hmm. but he is all powerful and his love, there's, there's no, uh, there's no lack in his love at all. And if you submit to him and go to the cross, he is in control of your life Mm -hmm. and bad things do happen. You know, the Bible's full of stories that didn't turn out as good as people wanted them to Mm -hmm. in the middle, you know, um, and the difference between expectation and reality, the disciples faced that when, when they crucified Jesus, they didn't understand the plan of God. Absolutely. And it just took time and their continued, um, willingness to surrender for that to unfold in the future. And, you know, we just really have come to believe that 
everything that we want and that we believe and that we know about God that is good and all of his benefits, if I'm not experiencing his benefit now, I will further along in the road of God that I'm walking. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work out in this life, it certainly will in the next one, because this is eternity's dressing room. Mm Mm-hmm. I know that that's something I personally struggle with is I sit there and I'm like, but I'm a Christian and I love the Lord and I'm, you know, going to Bible study and I'm spending time with Jesus. Why am I dealing with these crazy things in my life? But the Bible flat out says, you know, Christ tells us in this world, you will have tribulations. And that's something that I think many Christians have a difficult time grasping. Yep. You know, the thing is, is not everything is not from God. But the power of God and his love for us ensures that whatever happens, no matter, no matter how good or how bad or how mediocre, whatever it is that happens, in the hands of God, God, if we will submit to him, will work that for our eternal benefit in a way that makes us pleasing to himself. Mm. And, you know, that that whole saying of God's in control, well, God's not into control. He's into relationship. And whatever will advance that from the context of eternity, which also includes the here and now, that's, what, that's where his focus is at. Mm. I think that's an excellent distinction because I know when I was graduating college and whatnot and I didn't know what I was going to do, people are like, oh, don't worry, God's in control. And even though God's in control, my plans may look vastly different from his plans for my life. That's right. You know, that that whole thought of God's in control, I think um, there is a there's a theological truth about the sovereignty of God and the, and, and the all-powerful nature of God and who he is. But many people have thought that through from a way, and it twists in their mind. And then when you say to somebody who's in the middle of grief, God's in control, mm. oftentimes they twist that into meaning God did this to me. You're right. And that's not true. It can be such a painful process. Um, do you think this is how like average people may miss the greatness that God's called them to do just because they get caught up in these phrases that Christians mean well, but they're not exactly 100% accurate? Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. And it's the whole thing about expectations versus reality. The scripture says we see God through a glass darkling, and mm-hmm. that won't change until we see him face to face. So our reality and God's reality, no matter how close we are to him here, are different. And so you know, people misunderstand one another all the time. Just a little bit, yeah. And I'm convinced that people also misunderstand God. Mm. And, And if it's true with our fellow man, it follows that it is true with God. And so we must ask ourselves, okay, so what is it that sets our expectations about God? Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that sets our expectations about God is, is what we come to believe about the Bible and, and, and our level of encounter with God and what other Christians do around us that impact us. And um, the, the, the books and the subject matter of Christian books that come out. And even if you disagree with something, it impacts you. 
it impacts what you think about God, mm-hmm. and that all goes into expectations. And people that are struggling with whether God heals or not, you know, and they and some people have had amazing miracles, and they know that God heals. Other people tried to believe that, and they didn't get any miracles, and so they're disillusioned, and they're mad, and they're convinced that God doesn't heal. Mm. And And it's because of... Again, something else that sets our expectations is what our life experience is. And our attitude about all those things have so much to do with where we land and what strongholds are built inside of us. Mm. Because strongholds exist in your thinking. Strongholds exist in your worldview. Strongholds exist in how you view God and others. And you can have a good stronghold or you can have a bad stronghold. Where can people find your book? Um, people can find my book. Um, they can go to mountaingatewaypublishing.com. Barnes & Noble, Nook, uh, Amazon, Kindle, and Apple iBooks has the, the digital version. I'm a big fan of digital books. They can come straight to my phone, and I can go to the beach with them. Indeed. <laughs> This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.